Okay, so I, I cleverly called this the rest of the rest. It's funny because of the way it is. Um, this word uh, describes how I feel to be up here. I just feel insufficient. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that I just never saw myself doing, I guess. Um, and in a lot of ways, I'm still the girl who would much rather write something down on a piece of paper and like, here, read it, this is how I'm feeling, than um, say things, because words are really hard. I feel like I can more fully express in writing than I can just out loud like this to you guys. So, uh, and then being, being given a task like this makes me so fully aware of my age. I'm like old for an undergrad, but seemingly young for like, at least in my head, the way I see myself doing something like this. Um, and I'm, I'm very aware of like the people in the room who, and this is just my insecurity, it's um, the people in the room who maybe don't see me in this role or just different things that would stop me from doing this. And then there's people who are older than me, much wiser. I'm not stupid, but I'm not like, when I was trying to think of an, amp, an example of a wise person, the only thing I could think of was like Yoda or like Gandhi. <laughs> I was like, why are those my go-tos? I don't know. But then I figured, well, God can speak through anybody, right? So here I am. Um, it seems fitting that I would be talking about rest on the day before my last first day of, of college, my last semester. Um, God is reminding me that rest isn't always what we think it is and that it can be found in the most stressful of times. It's not everything that we think. Uh, we all have those to-dos in our heads. For me, this semester it'll be 19 credits, it'll be young life, it'll be driving sometimes 12 hours a week. I live in Ocean Pines with my grandfather who's 89 and he's great but 30 minutes plus is not an ideal drive. And then for others, it'll be you know, working 40 plus hours a week or taking kids to practices, making dinner, cleaning, all of those things. But I would argue that rest cannot be stopped by any of these things. I think that rest can be found in the middle of all of them. So this time in my life, is one of those things that's been hard to articulate. It's hard to tell somebody the things that I feel like God's speaking to me about, the things that are going through my heart and mind. Um, and then, like Josh said, I have this way of like ideation. If you took the Strengths Finder quiz, you would know that ideation is making connections between seemingly disparate phenomena. And so I like come up with these connections and I get from here to here, and then I try to explain it out loud, and they're like, what was that? <laughs> How does an elephant have anything to do with the cheese you ate this morning? Why did I eat cheese in the morning? I don't know, but I can do what I want. Okay, so um, I just, it's, it's hard for me to say things out loud and have someone understand what's really going through my mind. And this past semester was like constantly treading water. I was like, that feeling where you're trying to just keep your head above water and not, it's basically, it sounds really dramatic. It wasn't that dramatic, but it's kind of like you're just surviving, sort of. You're running off of fumes. Uh, between commitments that I've had 
um, and then not having the time to really sit down with a friend and talk or spend time with family or um, do creative things outside of the schoolwork that I was doing. It's hard for me when I can't do those things. Um, so it was rough. It was easily the most stressful semester out of the 11 that I've experienced. If you do the math, you will figure out that that's approximately too many semesters. <laughs> um, it's approximately too many. Um, but I'm finding that you can find rest. I've been exploring this idea of rest, even last semester. Um, rest in the midst of uncertainty, rest in the midst of chaos, rest in the midst of indecision and not knowing what's next, and then challenging the ideas of what rest is and finding a solid foundation for what it meant to rest in Jesus um, and not rely on frivolous comforts for that sense of re refreshment or recovery. Another idea that's come to my attention and I've been trying to explore a little more is active rest or active waiting. Um, you might be wondering, like, well, how did we get here? I thought that I was supposed to, like, sit back and watch Netflix for 12 hours. No. <laughs> um, I would say that, yes, there are things that you do to rest, but I would also say that active rest is sort of separate from that. I would argue that active rest is more of a short-term endeavor. Um, it's, you know, it's taking the Sabbath to break from work and life stressors, and it's um, time to relax and time with God and friends and family. On the other hand, I would say that active rest or active waiting is a more of a long-term, constant condition of our lives. It's the lens through which we view our world. It's uh, the trust through which we can do anything of worth in life. Uh, to preface the idea of active waiting, I want to explain my relationship with waiting. It's a long-term relationship. It's, it never seems to end in my life. Waiting's just, it's like, I'm always waiting for something. Um, waiting and I are in a serious relationship. You could say waiting and I are married. Um, not by my choice, which I guess would not make it the most healthy of relationships, but um, waiting and I, we're, we're friends, we're close, we're, you know then I have to admit that some of the waiting that I do is extraneous or unnecessary. It's the kind of waiting that you do where you have to own up to being impatient about things. It's where your mind wants to see like 15 steps ahead of where you are when all you really need to do is be present and allow God to reveal his plan in his time. But that's, it's, it sounds simple to wait for something, but it's definitely not. And maybe I'm overanalyzing, but for me, not being able to see at least one step in front of me, which is where I'm kind of living right now, it makes it exceedingly difficult to take this step and like with my eyes closed, explore what's in front of me, which seems like it's all sort of in darkness. Not in like a bad way, but just in an unknown sort of way. And then I have all of these options. It's in quotations because Technically, like being a hobo and living in my car is an option, but it's not a good option. So I have these actual options, like grad school or, there are more, I promise. I'm <laughs> blanking, but um, I'm not completely sold on any of them. The funny thing about this is that Jesus paid 
for the freedom that I can experience once I stop being anxious about the events or not events in my life and focus on the fact that he owns my storyline. But it takes my tiny human brain so much before I stop being over-analytical about the things that are in front of me. But once I stop doing that, I can really rest in how God knows everything about me, every detail. In short, <clears throat> I made up a little definition for you guys. Uh, active rest or active waiting is in the midst of longing or expectancy, choosing to pursue and worship a God who never falls short like we do. Investing your heart and time and faith in Jesus. Realizing how we deserve none of the good that we have and focusing on thankfulness for his character. True rest comes from our inside singing. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. I dare not trust the Netflix marathon. I dare not trust the pint of ice cream I just ate by myself. I dare not trust the bubble bath, if that's your thing. Um, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Active rest comes from anchoring every bit of ourselves in the fact that God doesn't change. And um, not that you should feel guilty about that pint of ice cream. You know, every once in a while, it's okay. But, you know, don't do it on a regular basis. Gluttony is a real thing. Um, but to say that when it comes to long-term rest, Jesus is it. He's the end-all, be-all of rest. Um, nothing compares to anchoring and investing in the life where he works through us. Nothing compares to that. You might be wondering, well, okay, that's great. I get it. Rest, Jesus, good things. Um, but practically, what does that look like? And from personal experience, I've come up with a few things that um, can help you rest and the first one is prayer and rest, uh, and lots of it. Sometimes prayer can be kind of one of those, oh, I guess I should pray before I eat. I guess this would be a good time to pray. Like, not, not everybody's, like, excited about praying. I personally have PPA, uh, public prayer anxiety, so praying out loud, I just made that up. You're welcome. You can use that one. Um, <clears throat> praying out loud for me gets really nerve-wracking. I once, in a Young Life campaigners meeting, I don't even know what I said, but like Kevin called me out. He was like, okay, Tessa's going to pray for us. I was like, oh, all right. Um, I think I said, God, over break. Um, please keep us all safe and warm. Why not? <laughs> like, I was like, sure, we could be warm over break. It was just kind of a stumbling sort of, and we laughed about it, because what else could you do? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> prayer is one of those things that we have to do to find rest in Jesus. And <clears throat> I was thinking about prayer and remembering that on my way home from Salisbury one time, I was thinking and praying about one of those things that I'm sort of waiting on with expectancy. Um, and I saw, as I was praying and thinking about it, I saw this license plate that had a reference to a verse on it. And it was um, Luke 11.9. And just for this talk's, talk's sake, sure. Um, just know that this verse was relevant to me and the thing that I was thinking about. So the verse was Luke 11.9. Luke 11.9-10 says, 
So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And in this moment of praying and asking, I know that God gave me this to say, like, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And we may not be given the answer that we expect. Um, We may not have the answers given to us in the time that we want or in the way that we want. Um, What's given to us may not be what we expect. But God says that if we keep knocking and keep seeking, he will listen and he will answer. And I think that that's like a truth that I can really rest in. I can think, okay, I keep, I'll keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, and it will be given to you. Maybe not exactly what you want, but whatever God has will be better than the thing that you want. And so that's my, my next point is keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. We as humans tend to be impatient, and um, after like, well, sometimes it's like a day or two, but after like, you know, a whole month of like asking for something, maybe a year, maybe years, we tend to just throw our hands up in the air, not in a good way, um, and just give up like, okay, God, I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't, I'm not getting the answers that I want. But his word says, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. He doesn't say, keep knocking, and if the answer's not given to you after 30 days' time, um, you can give up. Thank you very much. Have a good day. He doesn't say that. He says, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. So I would just like say to you, keep on, and you can find rest in the truth that he gives us. If there's one thing that I've learned about while waiting for things, it's that you can easily get caught up in, well, everything is happening for them, and nothing is happening for me which usually isn't true, but we like to make things dramatic and everything and nothing. It's like, we do that and we get, we easily become so self-focused and pitying our situation and complaining about the same things over and over again to your friends who don't want to hear it the hundredth time. Like, first time, it's okay, we'll support you. They'll probably still support you after the hundredth time, but you shouldn't complain about it that many times. And you become like the Eeyore of your friend group. No one wants to be Eeyore. You become like, oh, my house keeps getting knocked over and I lost my tail. And No one wants that. No one wants to be Eeyore. And as far as I can remember, Eeyore never really did anything to fix his situation. Am I right? Someone just brought his tail back? How did that work? You can't... What? Oh. That'd be painful. Yeah, so no one wants to be Eeyore. So I would say, check yourself before you wreck yourself, guys. Um, This is your chance to become this imaginary superhero called the Encourager. He's really exciting. He has basically no superpowers except being really happy for his friends when good things happen to them. It's simple, but it can be really hard in those times where you're waiting for something and it's not happening and it seems like nothing's coming together the way that you want it to. But in those times, I think it's really important that you just find this place where you're just really happy for others when good things happen for them. 
And it doesn't, doesn't mean that you have to be disingenuous about it, but I think that a perspective change is in order when you're in that attitude, that state of mind where you're Eeyore and you, you're not doing anything, but you're like waiting and you're complaining. And so it's amazing that when you become, you go from Eeyore who has like no prospects and no home and no tail to the encourager, uh, it's amazing that the peace about your life that you'll feel. Um, it allows you to, instead of being squirmy and whiny and impatient, to find rest in the hope of other people's stories. God loves you just as much as he loves them and has designed a unique timeline for each of us to pull you closer to him, which is really the main thing. We just need to be pulled closer to God. Our relationship with him should be the first and most important thing anyway. And if he's going to set up things in our life, waiting being one of them, that are going to bring us closer to him, it's worth it. It's better than anything else you could be doing. So I'd say that waiting and rest have the power to strengthen your relationship with Christ and, and grow in your faith. Um, if you allow it to, it will. And the last thing that I would say is remembering and rest. And this has some subcategories. First one is remembering that God wastes nothing. Um, the example that I thought of for myself in my life is that drive that I do every day while I'm here almost, sometimes twice in a day, more than I should probably, but um, I calculated it and I did about 7,000 miles of driving last semester, and that includes a couple trips home, granted, but um, I think about like, it would be really easy for me to be like, well, 7,000 miles, that's a lot of gas, that's a lot of time, that's a lot of money. Um, but remembering that God wastes nothing, I think about, I have fun on my drives. Some of you have probably seen my Instagram account. Um, but I have fun. I get to sing and dance in the car. A lot of the time I use it as sort of decompressing for the day, so I, I get to talk to God out loud, because why not? And then I think about... Uh, living with my grandfather, he's 89, and realistically, I mean, I'm hoping he has, you know, 30 more years in him, but being 89, uh, this time with him is irreplaceable. And getting to get to know him better, you know, you know your grandparents, but it's not like a sibling or something. Um, getting to talk with him and even going grocery shopping for him and he wants to get carry out and, you know, Taylor's family restaurant and um, that time is irreplaceable. And I know that those 7,000 miles of driving were worth it because I could spend time with that guy. He's really cool. He was a, maybe I shouldn't say that, he was a CIA agent. <laughs> is that something you're not supposed to say <laughs> in public? I don't even know. He probably knows stuff none of us know. Um, and then the last thing I would say is that life is a process. If you're not dead yet, you're in process. If you're still breathing, you're in process. God is still doing work on your heart and in your life. And I think you can rest on the fact that you can give yourself a break because we're not perfect people and we're in process. Everybody is. Um... And I think that's an important thing to recognize and not be prideful about the fact that you're not finished yet. You're, you've still got stuff to do. You've still got growing to do, and God's still going to work through you.
the last thing is remembering to stop. Stop in those meltdowns, which I have probably more of than I would like to admit. Um, stop in those confusions, the disappointments, and remembering to sit and listen and gain perspective. As a culture, we like to talk about ourselves, unless you're me, where you'll write it down on a piece of paper and give it to somebody. Um, and we're always like, oh, let's go out to talk for coffee. Let's, let's just talk to each other. I just like talking to you. I don't know if anybody actually says that, but it'd be nice to hear. Um, but I think that we don't put enough, enough emphasis on the fact that we need that time to listen to God. And I was thinking about the fact that we need to stop and listen, even in the middle of those very stressful times. And I was thinking about this. I don't know if some of you probably read it. It was a blog that I wrote and was on the TRP webpage in November. And it was after this weekend, it was a weekend right after Halloween, where I basically spent the whole weekend perpetually falling down and crying, like literally. And uh, I get migraines. I got a migraine while we were camping in Shenandoah. Shenandoah is beautiful, but not so much when you're, it's 20 degrees at night and your head is falling out of your head. That's not how that works. Um, but like when I get migraines, half my body sometimes falls asleep. I lose vision. I get really nauseous. Super fun. And um, so I was, <laughs> we're camping. I get a migraine. I literally fell down twice. I like skinned my knee. It was really stupid because I was like running the bathroom or something. Um, <laughs> the things I'll admit. Um, I missed class because of that migraine. I got my first speeding ticket on the way back to class, which that's my fault, but it was still a bummer. <laughs> and then uh, after that whole experience of like, I'm gonna get through my classes, I'm gonna get through the day, trying the fake it till you make it strategy, which does not always work. Um, I had this moment of pulling out of the parking lot at school and seeing a few ambulances, and I don't know what, something struck a chord in me, and I thought, I'm alive and well. Like, this crappy weekend just happened, and my expectations were very high for the weekend. Mm, they were not met. But the fact that I'm alive and well, I don't know what more you could ask for. So this is a little snippet from the end of that blog. It was, I said, this time in my life is marked by struggles of identity, perspective, and especially direction. But through each struggle, if our perspective is through the lens of a long-range story of redemption, rather than those five days we spent perpetually falling downstairs and pooping our pants, which is a story for another time, um, we will look at and appreciate our lives in a more beautiful, dear, transformational way. We will see, I can't stop thinking about the pooping your pants. We will see and appreciate the beauty of the metaphors that show up in our everyday lives. We will see that our expectation can't hold a candle to his reality. Um, the expectations that we all have for our lives, are, I don't know about you, but my bar's pretty high. Um, the expectation of like, this will happen by this time, and if it doesn't, then I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, everything that we have in our head for our lives cannot compare to the reality that God has for us and when we allow him to work through us. Can't compare whatsoever. 
And so I think we can really rest in the fact that the thing that he has for us is so much better. And once we rest in who he is, that thing can happen. There's this passage that keeps showing up in my life for whatever reason since I went on a summer project last summer and started showing up then. And then I was in Indiana this past week and showed up there again, interestingly. And it's Psalm 27, 13 to 14. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And I'm sure you've heard this before. The thing that I want to focus on is the fact of taking heart and the active nature of taking something. Um, It's not like God's like, here's a heart and it like falls in your lap and you're like, oh, that's cool. It's like, no, you gotta take heart. It's an action. It's, it's something that you have to do. It's not waiting around for something to fall down from the sky. And then I, I was thinking about this and thinking about the nature of waiting and what a rest is. And I don't know if you know me, but I like music a lot. And um, I was thinking about it in the context of a musical rest. And I was... Uh, When you're playing in a band, you have rests sometimes. Sometimes they're quite lengthy. It's not the most exciting piece, but my dad was my band teacher in middle school. And when you're sitting in the middle of a piece and you have a long rest, you're not just like talking to your neighbor and hoping that you come in at the right time once it's time for you to come in. No, you're, you're watching the conductor, you're listening, you're actively listening to the other the other players, um, <clears throat> and you're making sure that when it's time for you to come in, you're ready. You're ready to make the music the best that it needs to be. And it's not necessarily the most exciting part about playing music, certainly, but it's a necessary part for making it the best that it can be. Uh, our equivalent of this is that um, the praying, seeking, still seeking when you don't feel like doing it anymore, Um, investing and encouraging others, remembering God's character and how constant he is, and stopping to step back and gain perspective in whatever junk is around you or in front of you or above you maybe. True rest is leaning on how God is constant and constantly working. It's trusting in his power and love, and our expectation can't hold a candle to his reality.